Bookshe. Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Welcome to episode 48 of Scuba Obsessed. Is it 48? Did I do that one right? I believe so. <laughs> We're on 48. <laughs> <laughs> Simple man. Simple people. <laughs> So uh, this week in the news, we have a uh, thumbs up for some good denim dive. A body found in a submerged car in Portsmouth. YMCA gives Christmas tree a unique decorative touch, artificial reef. And the Shark Conversation Conservation Act headed to become law. And uh, welcome again to the podcast, Jim. Hey, that's me. That's you. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Uh, what's going on? Oh, this is. I, I think that we'll just do this as just one of those, or we'll do no edits. We'll leave all the rough stuff in. So just get ready for a bumpy ride. It's it's been one of those weeks, and it, and it hasn't been a bad week. On average, it's been pretty good. But there's been for every good, there's been something bad that happens. And to start off with the bad, we had you know the good. We had a really great pre-recorded uh, interview that we did shortly after the show last week, which is why. The edited version didn't get up till Friday, which they're normally done Thursday night. Right. Uh, had it all recorded. We had uh, Robert uh, Scales of uh, Buddha View Diving was was on the show. We also had Rich came on and helped us interview him. And then I cannot find the uh, the edit file oh, anywhere. No. <laughs> I've got everything before. I've got everything after. My dog but, ate it. My my dog ate it, or my computer ate it, which everybody believe because I think that's what happened. I I'm still holding out hope that uh, I just renamed the file and it got hidden somewhere, dragged to another folder. It's there. It's got to be there. It's got to be. Yeah, I did all sorts of searches on dates, on times, on file sizes, file types, anything I could think of. I cannot find that interview. Oh, my. So we'll call that a dry run, and we'll have to have Robert on again if we, we can't get that. Uh, I looked just before the show, and he didn't look like he was available. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's... Very good interview, I have to say. It was. It was interesting. Uh, made me jealous, though. Oh, did it ever. And, and it got your mind running to all the different things that we'd be able to do. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to do that. But uh, go over if you want to kind of get a sneak uh, preview. Uh, you can head over to his, his website uh, of the dive shop that he, he works for, www.buddhaviedw-diving.com. And of course, we'll put that in the show notes for you to pick up. But that was a, I mean, it was a good interview. You have to take our word for it. Maybe that's why I lost it. It was just so good that it was going to show us up and we, we couldn't keep up to that. So sorry, Robert, we'll get you back on the show. a reputation to live up to. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, not hard to strive for that. No. But uh, oh, I just couldn't believe it. I, I, I was sick when I, I couldn't find it. So it, it, I'm still holding out hope it's somewhere. But uh yeah, you know, we won't wait for as long as we have to look for that. So we'll run right off into the news, get the news, put to bed, and on to some more exciting dive stuff. But this first article, uh, did you get a chance to take a look at any? I forgot to ask. Uh, you know, normally I did. Make sure. um, I looked at them and uh, reviewed a couple of them. Yep. So I think I'm fairly well versed. Yeah, and this first one, I, mean, I don't know how they name some of these articles. Normally I rename them. I didn't tonight. Because I was looking for that darn episode, but thumbs up for for the do good denim drive. 
So thumbs up for Seacoast School of Technology, once again, ready for broadening the possibility of area students. And uh, I'm not even sure where this is. You know, some of these articles, they write like you should know where they're at. And this right. one's called Seacoast Online. So, Well, that'll be somewhere on the coast. Uh, I, I think that'd be a good indication. Uh, last Tuesday night, students attended information testing and designing, constructing, and racing a submarine in 11th Annual International Submarine Races. Now, isn't that what you tell the date you're going to go do? <laughs> We're going to go visit the submarine races? <laughs> well, yeah. um, I guess that lends some validity to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because of the uh, limited time for the initial uncovering of the opportunity actual race date, they decided to reconstruct the submarine rather than build one from scratch. Every time we turn around, we hear no program or curriculum at SST that goes too far under this, under the sea. In this case, outside the classroom, the idea was bred by Norm Messa, a pre-engineering student at the Sea Coast School of Technology, and Annette Young, an engineer from Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. So it's given us an idea. It's uh, you know, Connecticut or something along that area. And this is the first year Sea Coast team has been proposed. Such a cool way to engage students. Uh, preliminary cost for the race per person projected to be at $2,280, including lodging, food, gas, and scuba certification. So, but, Very uh, yeah, it, it was, in, I mean, that, wouldn't that be fun? You know, yeah, I just think it would. <laughs> get together and build a submarine. I'm sure we would have some uh, local participants. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to look at that. We say that about everything. We have to look at that. But I want to do it all. I, you know, no, no compromises. I... I don't overcommit. <laughs> go, go big or go home, right? Exactly. Uh, body found in submerged car in Portsmouth. Uh, a little bit more gruesome, but it, it just, uh, you know, it's not a, a diver that died. It was just uh, somebody in a car. And, and I don't mean to make light of it. It's just somebody in a car, but. Right. Um, but a diver. Uh, Let's uh, go back a little bit. Uh, two fishermen had notified the police about a submerged car Friday morning in an area known as Gulf Cove Fishing Area, a little south of the oh, St. Connette River Bridge off Route 24. The police asked the fire department to send a diver, uh, and the, the vehicle was just off the state boat ramp Friday morning, and he noticed that the window was down in one side of the vehicle and that there was actually a body in it. So they have no information on who the body is. The, they've got the medical examiner performing an autopsy. Uh, the car was in 10 to 15 feet of water in a former pit, now a pond popular for scuba diving. So I, I bring this up because that, it's one of those things that would be easy for that to have been us. Yeah, it would have. Uh, you know, how, how many times have uh, you, know, you know, we've gone to a popular site and you just kind of wondered what, you know, what could be down there? Right, just to imagine um, stumbling across something like that. Now, this diver, uh, safety diver uh, or recovery diver, knew that he was going in for something, and there was likely to be something there. But stumbling across something like that would really change your <laughs> your heart rate. Yes. So the next article is uh, YMCA event gives Christmas trees unique decorating touch. Uh, this is a, just kind of gleaned from, there's probably 20 or 30 articles on Santa scuba divers. So it seems like every pool, pond, club, aquarium has a scuba diving Santa. But this one I just thought was, was interesting and a little bit different. Um, 
and that they were doing an underwater Christmas tree decorating event. Dressed in red hat and scuba gear, he jumped in the water, descended. Uh, a Christmas tree had been planted in a deep end, another in the shallow end. Kids were allowed to select ornaments from the side of the pool. More advanced swimmers dove down to the tree where Santa was waiting to hang ornaments. Uh, they caught a high five from Santa underwater. Kids paddled over to the tree, sometimes the help of friendly elves, and hung the ornaments. The trees were left briefly to mire, then brought to the surface so families could swim and play in the pool. Uh, one of the local shops, the DJ Scuba Locker, videotaped the event and made D- DVDs available at the YMCA and participated. It's all donated. It's part of the Christmas season. It's something nice for community make kids happy. Uh, so this is. it sounds like they're a fairly active group. Um, and, and, it's, and they also have another program coming up where uh, the kids are going to put together a plane constructed of PVC pipe underwater. Wow, now that sounds like that would be fun. Yeah, well, what's nice about this is that they're doing it to where, you know, a lot of them, it's just seeing Santa underwater, which I think is more just to grab press. But this mm-hmm. actually gets the kids in the pool. They get to go down. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of scuba divers who were donating their time here in the pool. And when kids see cool scuba divers in the water, it, it, it creates that excitement for scuba diving. And we got some future divers coming up in the ranks. So it's a, a positive Sparks an interest, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know a positive image that they're going to have about scuba diving. It's a non-threatening environment. So I just really like that article. It wasn't just uh, you know Santa for the sake of being underwater. Uh, this next one is an, out of Florida. They're looking at doing an artificial reef, and I think we might have covered this a little bit before. But uh, uh, materials are being removed from the Gulf Breeze size of the old Pensacola Bay fishing bridge uh, are, are now being used to construct a new artificial leaf, reef, a leaf, reef. The collaborative project between Escambia County Marine Resources and City of Gulf Breeze to create another public place for scuba divers and fishermen. The old bridge was damaged beyond repair in Hurricane Ivan in 2004. County obtained permits from the Army Corps engineers to haul roughly 960 tons of concrete material to a 60-acre site in the Gulf of Mexico. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. So, uh, and I couldn't quite get an idea of what it, it was like a fishing bridge. So I don't know. Was this a small structure? I mean, it's a, that's a lot of concrete. So, uh, but uh, interesting. The, the, they expect the artificial reef. Oh, the economic impact, uh, assessments of artificial reefs in 1998 measured the annual expenditures of nearly 120 million and 2,457 jobs generated in Santa Rosa and Escanaba counties. And everybody down there is uh, now cringing because I just mispronounced all their locales. If if you're going to cover it, <clears throat> uh, it's not going to be pronounced right. Yeah, exactly. We're actually uh, coming up with new names, so people are going to hear my mispronunciations go, you know what, that's really what we should have called that town, it's going to be renamed. Sure, it sounds better with the, the inflections that you put on it. Exactly. Um, it's, it's just like polish, you know, you just polishing yep. up. Yeah, it was kind of a bad name to begin with, and we made it better. And as we rip through these, this last article, Shark Conversation Act is headed to the president to become law. Uh, and this is one that we, we've been covering for a while, is shark finning. And this is going to have a bill to end shark finning in U.S. waters, which I'm hoping that it's not happening in U.S. waters already. You know that we don't. Oh, it need, is. That we wouldn't need a law. 
Yeah, you can count on it. You can count on it. So so we've got a law in the morning. This morning, the U.S. House approved the Senate version of Shark Conservation Act. Uh, and as everybody knows of you know what shark finning is, it's the taking of fins off the live sharks, throwing the rest back in, just for a little bit of soup. Right. And and um, it's interesting that that is exactly what happens, where they'll they'll remove the fin or defin them, and then throw them back over without using the remainder of the animal. Yeah. Um, I mean, if and this that's is... the shame in it, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, if it was one of those things where you took the shark and you used every bit of it, uh, and, and you were being conservative in your harvesting, you have to leave some for it to grow, you know, for them to grow yeah. back. You just can't wipe them out. But you know, millions and millions of these are being taken every year, just for the, the the fins. Yes. Yeah. And and sharks, uh, you know, they don't reproduce as quick as as other fish, so. You know, when you when you're harvesting at the rate that they are, it's just not sustainable. Uh, this is being applauded by several recreational scuba diving organizations, and you know we look forward to it becoming law. Right. So that was it for the news, and that took quite a bit. I think I spent like an hour wow. looking for those five light articles. So uh, also, if 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 you see an article. Uh, between the shows, just go ahead and either post it on the Scuba Obsessed Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Scuba Obsessed, or uh, go ahead and send us an email at the show at scubaobsessed.com, and uh, we'll review it and we'll, we'll give you some credit. Yeah, absolutely. Get some, some fresh uh, local news from what you guys are seeing uh, in your area. Yeah, also if you have a club... Or a group, or if you're an organizer of a event that's scuba related, go ahead and drop us a line. We'd we'd love to talk about it in the show, maybe even have you on, like Robert. But we'll try not to delete the. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, you but you know not to go over that because we'll we'll get him back on again and go yep. over that again. But one of their fortes or one of their specialties is. Um, going from a non-diver to an instructor level straight through. And uh, who who has an after their open water class thought, you know, I'd really like to do this for a living. Um, isn't that a really interesting thing where you could just go and bang, bang, bang and just get it done? You know, if my kids get to be an age, you know, maybe there's that point between high school and college. I was thinking 12 to 14. 12 to 14, send them out there 12 to 14. Well, I, oh, I thought where they could take care of themselves and you could go. Oh, well, that's another idea, too. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Oh, protective child protective services are probably listening no, right just, now. No, just as long as, you know, just whenever you pick up the phone or answer the door, yeah, my dad will be back this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Did I lose you, Jim? Hello? Afternoon. My dad will be back there. You back there, Jim? I'm here. What happened? Uh, it was just kind of blurping out a little bit. Uh, it won't be too bad to cut out, but uh, yeah, you, you said uh, your dad will be back this afternoon. Right. Every time that you know somebody calls and asks, that's the answer. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, you know, you, couldn't you just? It's a, it's like one of those opportunities that never that never seems to come up when you could actually take it, or that right. was reasonable to take. Because I, you know, if you're uh, what we could do. <laughs> yep, yep. But anyway, that's a little teaser for for when. Oh we yeah, it, it was just to, that. You know, it sounded like some great diving, some great opportunities. Uh, 
mm-hmm. learning about the the uh, hobby of scuba diving and the industry. So we'll have him on. Uh, we'll, we'll get him on pretty early in the year. <sighs> so it's that time of the show where we talk about last week's dive. Now, I couldn't make it to the dive you guys had last Saturday, but uh, how was it? It was good. Uh, it was officially the first ice dive for us, for me, this year. Um, we had some ice. I had to do a, a penguin entry um, off of the river bank and in. Uh, the ability was... Go ahead, what? We have video for the penguin entry? Um, <laughs> it got lost. I had it with the interview. I put it in the same oh, folder as that interview. Oh, that's, that's... You didn't get... You lost that too, huh? Oh, darn it, yeah. That would have been... That's Oh, well. Anyway, but we had... Uh, um, did that and got a chance to break through some ice and, and work on uh, some regulators that froze up. Um, got to get back into the habit of uh, the good practice of not breathing off your regulator excessively as you're getting in. Um, and visibility was probably eh, five to six feet, I guess, before we started looking for grubbing for bottles and such. And, and we did. Uh, found, found a couple of good ones. Not a lot. Um, relatively short dive, but it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I wished I was there. I, I couldn't make it because I had to do some traveling, and that was a little too much pushing it. Right. So. It would have been. It would have been. We missed you, but, uh, you know, there's always tomorrow. There always is tomorrow. And, and, and speaking of tomorrow, so we're going diving tomorrow? That's the plan. Um, if you can free yourself up, we'll, we'll be able to do it. Uh, it, it might be... Uh, christmas day or past when you hear it but tomorrow would be a christmas eve dive which is exciting i don't think i've done a christmas eve dive that's right that's right and uh that'll make three or four for december for us which is pretty good yeah yeah the it seems like we we hit some of the colder months have have been some of the best diving so where are we going um probably going to revisit the same spot it's gonna be another river dive be a shallow dive uh, depending on the ice covering if uh, there's a lot of ice flowing or covering we may move up to uh, upriver to the bridge or a uh, train trestle or something like that okay yeah sounds good so uh, I'm, I'm looking we'll, forward to it we'll have the shanty up and the heater running and uh, hot coffee and thermoses so ah uh, that's see that's the trick yeah so and then uh, beyond that uh, we have the New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Eve, Eve day. We have the New Year's Day dive. <laughs> New Year's Eve day dive. Eve, no, Eve day dive. Yeah, it's gonna be the New Year's Day dive. The club is doing an Eve dive, which I can't make because that's my right. daughter's birthday, and it was last year too. So yeah, uh, probably next year will be again. You know, I asked her and she wasn't sure, but I think it will be next year again. <laughs> so yeah, so I can't do the New Year's Eve dive, but New Year's Day. Uh, that gets us the uh, you know, out there in the water in January, and you get that January dive because who knows that might be the only one we get. The way the way it's been going though, it seems like we're going to have ice. I mean, not just you know a little bit of ice, but a lot of ice. As part of my traveling this week, I I was down in Missouri and crossed the uh, Mississippi into Res- Missouri. I was in the bridge, not in the water, but uh, it it looked pretty. Ice must have been really thick. Yeah, I yeah, but the ice uh, looked to be uh, pretty thick there along the river. Uh, didn't didn't look like they had any any channel open or anything, which I was kind of surprised that far down. So, um, you know, we we've had one of those winters where it seems like ice is is coming awful quick. We could easily be doing the an ice dive that second week in January. 
Was that what we had last mm-hmm. year? Was it the second week? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to go back and check the dates, but uh, I've also got to make sure the chainsaws are running so we can uh, get in the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm sure mine will run. I, I had to use it just a few weeks ago. I need to tighten the chain, I think, a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. So. And Mac it just put in Singer Lake, so that'll be frozen over here soon, I'm sure. Oh, so that's where the uh, Midnight Dive's playing. I, you know, I bet it is. We might have to go do some scouting. Uh, so it's, but it's been freezing weather mostly. We had a little bit of an ice storm today, so. Right. Uh, it's all building and getting ready. Oh, then Lake 16. That'll be another one coming up. Yeah. Which will be good when we know everything's frozen. Uh, the visibility last year was amazing. Um, to dive under the ice on 16. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one too. I mean, I like Lake 16, but usually about after the fifth low vis dive there, uh, it, it, it's not co- quite as exciting as it as it was before. Well, the thing that we've got fighting against us too is we're diving wet. Um, so if you're, you know, pushing the 20, 25 minute envelope and and you're not all that comfortable, um, it's just not that fun to explore when you start getting cold as well exactly so as compared to when you're dropping in on a wreck and you're cold but you can see you can you can tolerate that or i can because you yeah. kind of get an adrenaline rush or something like that yeah did you see who just popped on um aug no we have uh robert scales should we see if we can get him on oh yeah so let's let's go ahead and invite him in hey guys hey robert Hey, Robert. Good evening. <laughs> or morning or noon. What, what are you at there? 9.30 in the morning. How are you guys right. doing? But doing good. This is uh, Robert Scales of Buddha View Diving. And we'll have a link again on the website. And, uh, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and the, the dive shop that you work with? Yeah. Uh, well, Buddha View Dive Resort is uh, located on Koh Tao, which is uh, one of the islands in the uh, Gulf of Thailand. So, obviously, it's in Thailand. And uh, um, our, our shop is a great little place to come and learn to uh, go pro. Uh, we do have fun diving. We do have uh, open water advance and all sorts of levels, of course. But what we're really known for is our IDC, CDC center. So a lot of people that come to Buddha View uh, come because of our course director, Mark Saworka who is probably known as one of the uh, best course director in Southeast Asia, maybe in the world, depending on how you look at it. And uh, the shop opened in early 1990s. Well, I guess 96, so that's not early, like mid-90s. And um, by certification number, we're considered the uh, third largest shop or fourth largest shop in, in the world. And we have a really good uh, intern program for doing your dive master. And we have our own uh, IDC center. So we have really great classroom. And we do IDC every month. So that's the instructor course, uh, development course. And we do a program every month. Uh, usually we have anywhere between 5 to 15 candidates that are doing their IDC. And what else do you guys want to know? Uh, what's the weather like? Well, because Thailand is in the tropics, uh, you know, if you're not in the monsoon season, which just finished uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the weather is pretty nice. You have mainly sunny with about 30 to 38 degrees. Um, the diving is quite spectacular. Like The weather on average is anywhere between 26 to 29 degrees. 
for the water and the visibility outside of the rainy season is quite quite amazing like you get anywhere between 15 20 meters of of clear visibility uh, around the island there's uh, several dive sites there's primarily 20 where people go and dive uh, some of my favorite one would be uh, Red Rock with uh, a really nice swim through. Um, there's uh, Sail Rock, which is about an hour and 40 minutes away from the island here. It's a open water site with a really awesome pinnacle. And about 25 feet, 25 meter down, there is uh, the entrance to a chimney, which goes all the way to the top. So that's quite spectacular. We have a group going there today. Um, yeah. Now, now you mentioned last week that you have a uh, well, a GoPro program where you you go from really never not even being a certified diver all the way to a pro. Can you describe a little bit of how that works? Yeah, certainly. Um, so we have because we're an IDC CDC center, we we look at a diving career on a different different approach. And over the years, Mark has. Uh, spend a lot of time and effort uh, creating a really good IDC program uh, for people that want to go instructor. But beyond that, um, we have people that come to the shop that have never dived and go from zero to pro or zero to hero, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, the program is, de depending on which option you take, and if you go to uh, buddhaview-diving.com or dive dash careers.com you can see like the different programs that we have but um you, you can go from like i've never dove taking your open water your advance your rescue diver your efr uh, emergency first aid and then after that do the uh, dive master internship and or dive master internship program uh is done uh quite flexible uh, first of all it's unlimited diving for as long as uh, you can bear being here um we have some people that have been doing their dive master uh, internship for a couple of years. They come here for a couple of months, go back to uh, either the UK or US or wherever they're from and continue working their day job and then come back here for a couple of months and they do all their qualifications and everything else. And the way we work it is uh, we have a master instructor here, Sally Powell, and Sally is in charge of the dive master program. So you have a dedicated instructor doing workshops and classrooms and, and guiding you through your dive master internships. And of course, the shop um, has, well, in the main pool, we have about a dozen uh, instructor on staff uh, with language ranging from English, uh, German, Finnish. Um, we can do the gam of language. So depending where you're from, like you might end up with uh, James, who's been our English instructor here for the better part of six years, or you can be uh, with one of the French instructor or English instructor, depending where you're coming from. And so we have language support uh, offered for our students. And basically the, the shop uh, program is designed to allow you to gain the most experience. So as a DMT, as a dive master in training, you get to go on boat, you get to be boat master, you get to be shop master, you get to assist on class, you get to uh, see scuba reviews, discover scuba diving, uh, you get to uh, go out on the various type of boats we have. We have five boats. We have a, a large boat, which uh, suits 50 people more or less for diving, medium boat, which is for about 30 people, a small boat for 20 person. Then we have a speed boat and a long tail, which is just a boat to get you around to the islands here. And, and so 
large range of uh, experience uh, on the diving. Uh, every month we do a series of workshops, anywhere from uh, marine resource management to uh, night trucks, uh, discover scuba diving, and so forth. And and so it's really fun to see like uh, some people coming here, like not having a dive. They were traveling or backpacking in Thailand, and they came here to Koh Tao like on on their trip and low travel and. They start scuba diving and they get really the diving bug. They totally get hooked on it. They enjoy it. And then they decide to stay and doing their dive master program. So to give you an example, uh, the dive master program unlimited just from dive master onward. So that's assuming that you're open water advanced. You've done your rescue diver. Uh, at that point, costs you 25000 that, which is uh, slightly under uh, $1,000. It's $850 more or less U.S. dollar. And uh, that's including unlimited diving. So that's that could be from five weeks to a lifetime of diving, depending on how you approach the program. And you wow, have that is interesting. Go ahead, Darren. Well, uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, and you have accommodations there for for people to stay, or yeah, we're a full five star uh, Patty Gold Palm Resort IDC CDC Center. So uh, Buddha View Dive Resort is uh, composed of uh, or our living accommodation. So we have hotel rooms and, and different type of accommodation from low budget to I want to spurge a little bit. Uh, we have our own gear store. Uh, we have a restaurant, a really awesome uh, cafe, Buddha Cafe, where you can get a cappuccino or uh, a breakfast burrito. We have our own bar. Um, and we're, we're set up in uh, Shalak Bay, which is the quiet part of the island. We're on the south side of the island, very quiet where we are. Uh, there's, there's four or five different dive shops in the area that, that we're at. So it's a little bit more quiet than the rest of the island, where mainly all the shops are either in Saray or in uh, Mayad. So the, the island of Kotao has three different uh, little areas. There's a village called Saray where the bulk of the population and there's maybe like a 30 dive shops in that area. And then there is Mayad that has about half a dozen dive shop or so. And then there's uh, Shalat Bay where we are. So, and, and we work in conjunction with a couple of dive shops uh, on the island and we work with a lot of resorts. So if we have, if we don't have an accommodation that suit your need, uh, we have a lot of partners around us where we can find you uh, a bungalow or a resort that is a little bit more suited to your needs. That is, that's great. What do you have uh, as far as if somebody is going there not intending to become uh, a dive instructor, uh, but they are just a, a recreational or even a technical diver? What uh, what have you got for them there? Um, is there everything there? Well, there's a lot of options. Uh, our shop's got about 60 sets of gear. So if you're a fun diver and you don't have your own gear, uh, we can get you all the equipment you need. We do fun dive on a daily basis. We have both going out in the morning, in the afternoon, and every second day we have night dives. Uh, so if you came here, you could do anywhere between four to five dives a day if you were uh, really into that. Um, our, our, our fun diver are actually really lucky because because of the amount of people that we have in the rotation, we always have fresh dive masters and dive masters with experience that are uh, floating around the shop. So in, in, in a lot of cases, people that were doing their dive master training uh, finish their program and they stay around to uh, continue diving and, and working at the shop. So fun divers have the ability to uh, dive with people that have a lot of experience in the local environment. 
Um, we do, generally speaking, the deeper dive uh, trips in the morning. So that would be like jump on or, or sail rock and that sort of things. Uh, and then in the afternoon, it's more uh, localized around maybe like 20 minute boat ride from from the main dock. So and, and the choice are, are pretty good. Like if you're into uh, photography or, you know, uh, you want to go explore a couple of the wrecks, there's a couple of local wrecks that are here. They're really great for training and, and, and practicing uh, penetration and that sort of thing. So if those are the, some of the skills that you're working on, uh, we offer uh, specialty courses. Uh, we offer all all level of continuing education. So even if you're a fun diver and you just want to come here and you decide, you know what, this is a great wreck for me to uh, practice uh, nitrogen and and wreck diving or, or nitrox and uh, wreck diving, you can do the, the nitrox course, you can do the wreck diving course and you can go ahead and, and dive with some of the specialty instructors and, and dive masters here. So th really there's a range for anybody. And on the technical side, uh, we work with a couple of partners, and we have technical instructor here at the school. So that you're looking at doing your Paddy Tech 40, Tech 45, Tech 50, uh, we offer the course. And there's there's lots of place to go around, uh, either on the mainland uh, to do lake diving, altitude diving, or even cave, cavern diving. So there's really there's really a lot of range for anybody that is looking at doing scuba diving on their holiday here in Thailand. Wow, that sounds exciting. So if you've got any interest in scuba diving, you guys can uh, you guys can hook him up, huh? Yeah, um, I, I think the advantage is that Mark has done a really good job at uh, building the uh, the dive center and building relationships with people. So Budaview is part of the global diving network, which means that uh, we have partnerships with shops from around the, the world. So that Bali, uh, Andres, uh, Utila in Andres, Bali. Uh, the Red Sea. Uh, really, we we work with partners to try to get our regulars and newcomers the best deal that they can get. And if you know, generally speaking, when you're a scuba diving obsessed uh, kind of person, you really like going out there and, and explore the world. So we try to uh, get you as much of like the best deal and best diving experience as we can. And if if you don't fall really in the type of philosophies that we we do or the mentality that our shop is we work with you to try to find you somebody that can follow that for you you know well that's great darren are you there yeah yeah i'm still here i'm just listening in just uh, imagining what it would be like to uh, head down there and and do some diving what would a what would a typical evening say say we spent the day diving and you know had lunch and and spent the afternoon diving and then came back in what would our evening be if we hung around um, one of the local areas <coughs> there at night? Well, we um, a typical day here at Budaview. Let's just go through like the typical day. Uh, if if you're diving in the morning, you'll be up anywhere between six thirty or and by seven you're at the shop. Seven thirty the boat start. The crew leave the shop and we head to the boat. Uh, you'll be on the boat until about 11.30 in the morning, maybe sometime noon. Then you come back and, uh, like I said, Budaview has a really great restaurant and there's the coffee shop, which serves really awesome food, so you'll have some food. Then you can go back out on the afternoon boat and do a couple more dives. Uh, 
the evening is really easy going. Um, Buddha View's got a really great barbecue, so every day we have fresh barbecue uh, offering uh, different things. So that you want a sirloin or a really nice piece of merlin or snapper or uh, tuna, we have uh, king prawn. Uh, Anything really. So all, all fresh stuff, all fresh catch every day sitting there for for the people to like choose. Uh, so you can have a barbecue. Uh, the bar is really lively at night, uh, starting at about beer o'clock, which is five o'clock here. Uh, the bar is open and people can just go sit there, have some barbecue, uh, have a couple of beer, meet people from all around the world, enjoy some music. Some nights there's live music. Um, you know, very, very easy going. We're right next to the beach, so you get to see a beautiful bay. It's a really great setting for, for having a great time. And if that if Buddha Bar is not really your place, then there's several bars to the left and to the right that you can go. Uh, but mainly this is the quiet area of town. If you want to take it up one more notch, you can jump on your scooter or in a taxi and uh, do the five-kilometer ride. Like 15 minutes later, you'll be on the other side of the island and you'll be in Sari. And there you can go to uh, Choppers or one of the larger bar and either watch a game of footy or mingle with more people. So depending what you're what you're into, uh, the island's got a fair amount of uh, offerings for different type of personalities. You know, at night like here, uh, usually there's yeah, definitely. And at night here, there's fire show on the beach. People that are juggling with like fires and stuff like that. So there's always something to keep your attention going, and uh, if you want it quiet, you can uh, relax and grab a book and sit in a soft corner light and just read a book if that's your thing. Right. Sounds like it would be a, a rough lifestyle to get into for a couple of months. Did you have a <laughs> trouble adapting when you went in? Uh, let's see, you were you transplanted from Canada, right? Yeah, I move. I made the move from Vancouver yeah. to. Uh, to here on Kotao uh, in November, so I've been here a couple of months now, and uh, You're it's been it. it's been a very yeah 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 totally. <laughs> uh, I, I think <laughs> you know I, I arrive here in the worst of time of the year. I arrived here in the middle of the monsoon, and a lot of people oh. were like, "Wow, man, this is like the worst monsoon we've had in like two decades, three decades." It was raining a lot every day. We had floods. Sorry, had floods like all the way to your waist and things like that. Uh, you know, if I'm looking back, it was a bit hard, like for the month of November, but you know, the diving was still pretty decent and, uh, the, the living here was definitely good. And it got me like to make really good friends and people that are around and, and get to know like the Island better. So, sure. you know, not that, not that I look back in negative, like lights for having come here, like in the middle of the monsoon season, I think it was a great experience, but definitely de December onward. You can tell that it's a tropical paradise. This island is really awesome. And, uh, you know, depending what you like, you can find food from all around the world. There's Italian restaurant, French restaurant, Thai local food, uh, Burmese restaurant. So, you know, there's a little bit for every taste. And, and the island is not just like a backpacker mecca event for divers. There's also uh, other places for people to stay that are a little bit higher on the... Uh, the echelon of uh, you know five-star resorts and that sort of thing. So depending what budget style you have, this island can be very accommodating. But mainly a lot of people that come here are mid-20s, early 30s, uh, either never dive or have been diving for a long time. And they want to come to a place where they can do a lot of diving. 
Well, that sounds great. <clears throat> when do you want to go, Darren? Uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, we already got a dive tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um, on it. And then the it's next good. day, it's, it'll probably rival what they've got going on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, with, with the ice and all, but yeah, I, I don't think they have to chip to get into the water there, do they? No. Oh, wow. Sounds no, like we don't have there. to break the ice to get in. Yeah. We don't have to break the ice to get in. We don't even have to wear a wetsuit. I did a dive, uh, you know, last week, and I was just with a rash guard shirt, pair of shorts, and uh, my BCD and my basic <laughs> gear, and it was like a, a perfect 50-minute dive, 20 meters, wasn't even cold, and, you know, it, it, it was a great day. So, And the cost of living here on the island is really it's really affordable. I mean, uh, you can come here and uh, probably live really well on about $25 a day. And, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, you can get a room for about 300 baht a night. So that's roughly $10 a night. Uh, you can eat really well every day, not including your alcohol. Like, like that's, that's definitely a side cost. But you can eat really well every day, probably for about the same. And then... Um, you know, if you're doing fun diving and you're buying a 10 dive fun package, you can get it for about 7,000 baht, which is uh, roughly $220 for 10 dives. So that works out about $20 a dive, more or less. So, you know, very affordable cost of living to come here and uh, lots of things to do and kind of yeah. make it easy. And if you're, doing, if you're doing your GoPro program, then you can find ways to make it cheaper. You know, you can buy yourself a motorcycle for about $250 and then you'll have a motorcycle for the whole time you're staying here. Oh, wow. You can rent a house for about $200 a month. So, <clears throat> you know, somebody that comes here and is well-prepared, well-organized could buy themselves a mo motorcycle, uh, find themselves a little wooden bungalow and stay here for fairly affordable amount of money and, and, and dive unlimited diving for as long as they can afford to stay here. See, Jim, which a lot I, of people yeah, Jim, you need to get a motorcycle with a little sidecar, you know, we could like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that would be a that'd be a sight, I can tell you that. I with could see spins and everything hanging out. Yeah, that's a good good thing there. Yeah, I, I they, could see a reality TV show out of this conscious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it sounds like a really really neat place on top of the diving. Uh, you mentioned some of the other things that are going on. Has has it not really become real commercialized uh, where you're at right now? Well, I, I think over the last 20 years, it's definitely made an imprint. You know, like I hear the uh, old timers, like the guys that have been living here for, you know, anywhere between 10 to 30 years. And they talk about the days when the island was just coconut trees and there was no road. And the, the biggest danger was a coconut falling on your head as you walked home late at night half drunk. You know, now the island has roads, there's, there's cars. We, we don't have an airport, so that kind of like, you know, stops some of the development. But we have daily ferries and a lot of boats come here. Uh, on an island of seven kilometer by three kilometers, which is uh, what, that's what, four miles, five miles by three, two miles? Sounds about right. miles by two miles. Yeah. So on a small island, you have uh, the bulk of about 50 dive shops out of which six of the world's largest dive shop by certification number are here. So it, it gives you an indication. You know, the island is small, and uh, we are in the middle of the tropics, in the middle of nowhere in Thailand, but it is a diving mecca. You know, we attract on average about 100,000 tourists per year, and I think uh, more or less the island has anywhere between 35 to 45,000 certification a year, depending on who you talk in 
how much booze they've had, you know? <laughs> so it, it gives you an indication, you know, like uh, it, it is it is a quiet paradise, but most of the services you're going to need are here. And over the last 10 years, a lot of infrastructure have been placed on the island. You know, there, there are more roads. We have 24-7 electricity. Uh, obviously, I have Internet access, which is somewhat decent since we can Skype and, and talk like any time of the day. Um, and, you know, there's cable and satellite and that sort of things, like if, if you need television in your life. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think that diving could be a good substitute for television. Oh, yeah, sure it would. You know, and they sure were saying only, you know, four, four or five dives a day if you were into that. I don't know if they could get me out of the water. <laughs> I think they would probably be able to help you out there. Yeah, just set me up with a hooker rig and we'll just run a, a hose down in there and I'll just stay down. You guys said that there was a bunch of people in the chat room. Uh, maybe we can ask them uh, if they have any questions and try to uh, answer them. And Sure. Sure. Uh, anybody in the chat room uh, have a question? Let's see if we can... Uh, let's see. I don't know if anybody's got any audio, so it might have to be chat. So all I'm going to do is we're going to try an experiment here and unmute everybody. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's got any audio. Uh uh, Mac is asking, uh, what type of medical services do you have? Oh, good question, actually. Um, the closest uh, decompression chamber is in Koh Samui, which is about two-hour boat ride or an hour and 20 minute by speedboat. Uh, the last time that there was any call for it, it was like several years ago. So generally speaking, the diving is really good here because the maximum depth that you can go around the Gulf area is about uh, 60 meters. Um, on the island itself in Sari, there are two medical clinics which are run with doctors. Uh, and then Mayat and uh, Shalak Bay both have uh small clinics. So we don't have an hospital here on, on Kotao, but we have several clinics, uh, some of them with oxygen and everything else. All the boats are equipped with oxygen uh, delivery. Um, and generally speaking, if you need any type of medicines or anything like that, like for example, I got me a year infection in the last couple of days. So I was able to go to the clinic and get like the antibiotics and the drugs that I needed for for taking care of that. If you get into uh, something a little bit more serious, uh, the 24-hour uh, clinic in Sari has the ability to do uh, small surgery, uh, IV drops, that sort of things. But if it's anything major, uh, we can get you airlifted by uh, helicopter to go to Samui. And Samui's got a pretty good, the Samui Bangkok Hospital can handle a fair amount of incoming emergencies and worst case scenario you can be flown to uh, Bangkok where it would be an hour flight so I'd say pretty decent considering that we're in the middle of nowhere uh, is there a chamber available or would it even be necessary well the chamber is located on Koh Samui which is uh, roughly two hours by slow boat an hour and 20 minute by speedboat um, so it's a one-person chamber, and it's available to all the dive shop. Uh, the dive shops pay chamber fees for it. Uh, I, I don't know the statistics on when the last time it was used, but as far as I understand, it was like several years back. Like uh, the instance of uh, decompression illness or uh, DCS are, are pretty rare here. Like, like I said, the diving is relatively uh, shallow. Uh, you have to go way out on live on board uh, excursions to uh, be able to do diving deeper than 55, 60 meters. So 
and a lot of the dive sites that are around the area. Like, for example, um, there was this technical uh, dive boat called the Trident, and it was used around uh, Kotao for the last six years. And uh, the boat was coming to its life uh, cycle, end of this life cycle. And so the people of Kotao raised money and stripped the boat and, and sunk it uh, in, I believe, in September. So like just four or five months ago, four months ago. And um, they sunk it before, between uh, 32 to 35 meters, uh, about 20 minutes. Uh, more like 35 minute boat ride from here so it's a really great place to go and do some uh, wreck diving uh, training you have a really great line going from the bow of the boat all the way to the top surface buoy to market and you can go down the line uh, explore the boat and it's been completely stripped so there's no chance that you're going to entangle your o's or anything like that when you're diving on it so it's a perfect perfect location for going to practice your uh, your basic skills if you're doing your wreck diving specialty it's also a really great dive site to go do night trucks because you're at uh, 32 to 35 meters so you know you can dive on uh, night trucks 30 night trucks 32 and and do a really great dive there for you know double your bottom time like you can go for 16 18 minutes um, an another question from the chat room asking any snakes oh yes we uh, <laughs> we oh, have yeah. uh, <laughs> we have the basic service like there's a there, there's a wide range of restaurants there's a wide range of uh, service like including lawyers and uh, notary public and a place to go do photography <laughs> like uh, pictures for your passports and that sort of things uh, there's uh, maybe like about roughly 30 ATMs on the island, and there's uh, three or four branch from uh, Bank of Siam and Bangkok Bank and that sort of things. And when I moved here, I decided I wanted to open a bank account so it would make my local transaction easier and that sort of things. And I just showed up at the bank with a passport, and I was able to open up uh, a bank account and transfer some money from Canada into it. So relatively easy banking system. Uh, a lot of the people on the island speak English so if if English is your first language and you, you want to get by uh, the bank will have at least one person that speak English and is uh, capable of helping you out uh, most of the places that you're going to go like uh, you know like we have a lot of motorcycle and, and, and cars on the island so they are mechanics they are a uh, place where you can order supplies and in Mayad there's a couple of uh, diving uh, gear supply store that you can go and buy and I'd say, you know, if you're looking at coming to dive here and you need to buy some gear, wait until you're here. There's a lot of places where you can go and buy gear and it'll be relatively cheaper to compare with American prices. And you'll get anything from Scuba Pro to Aqualong to Oceanic or all the major brands are here. You know, there's distributors for all the major brands here on the island. I think I mispronounced. I th uh, uh, We were asking about snakes. Oh, snake! Sorry, I thought you said banks. No, wow, but it was it was perfect. You let off lawyers, so he thought that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, there are snakes in the island. None of them are poisonous, except for maybe the one that are going to try to like rip you off of your hard-earned money to sell you or something you don't. <laughs> um, how many? Uh, do you have many ex uh, patriots on the island? Expats? Expats, yeah. Yeah, there's there's several expats that are floating around. You know, uh, 
people that have an entrepreneurial side and uh, very easygoing and, and people that decided to uh, move here like dogs years ago, you know. Um, yeah, there, there are several people that live here for a long time, uh, either like did their tour in Vietnam in, in the 70s and decided that Southeast Asia was their home and, and ended up staying here to, uh, I guess I would consider Mark our course director to be an expat. He's from Australia uh, and, and lives here and married his children in Thailand, you know. So there's a lot of people that have made their lives here and, and are really happy, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, we also have another question, which is, what is the cost for air fills and or nitrox? Well, most shop will give you an uh, air fill tank uh, for your dive, so you won't have to pay for it. Um, and, for example, here at Budaview, we have several compressor. We have one uh, near our IDC center for our training tanks to uh, go to the pool at the, uh, at the resort. And then... The large, medium, and small boat each have their own compressor on board, so we don't have to carry the tank in and out of the boat. Uh, those are air compressor, and that's included in all your diving. If you want to do a nitrox dive, it's 300 baht per tank, so that's roughly about $10 per tank for doing nitrox dive. And, and there are several courses where we offer packages uh, and uh, nitrox diving as part of that. So anywhere between included in two price to 300 baht a dive. Do you get any more questions, Jim? I think we uh, are out the chat I'm, room. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. Uh, <laughs> if I could find a way to get there, uh, I'd be there before we're done with this discussion tonight. But oh, Yeah. Yeah, so we well, can. Like Go ahead. And like we said last week when we did the uh, dry run for uh, for the show, uh, if any of the listeners wants to come to Buddha View, uh, you can you can contact us and we'll organize you uh, some packages. You know, just email us at uh, info at buddhaview-diving.com and uh, we can. Uh, look at what you need. Uh, the person that is going to reply to the email is Mark, our course director. Uh, just say that you're uh, you're referred by Scuba Obsess or by Scuba Scales. That's that's my nickname, you know. And uh, we'll sort you out, you know. Like just tell us your date, whenever you're coming, and um, we'll we'll find a way to uh, make you happy, get you a really nice accommodation. If you're here for fun diving, we'll find you a great person that. Uh, fits your personality and your dive profiles and uh, you'll have great time and uh, if you want to do some courses well like I said we have courses starting every day here and in a lot of different languages so we'll be able to accommodate your need uh, and if you guys are looking at going pro uh, you can look at dive-careers.com and there you'll see the different packages that we offer from like uh, never dive, I want to become an IDC candidate and become an instructor or never dive and I want to stay there forever and do my dive master internship. And we'll sort you out with whatever uh, diving requirements you have. And again, like I said, if you need gear, uh, great place to come and uh, just show up uh, without any diving gear and just go from zero to hero with your gear coverage. You know, like you can get anything you need here. Uh, Max asking what your oldest instructor there is. I, I think he's looking for a job. Years of experience or age? <laughs> I think he's talking actual age. Well, there's people ranging from like uh, mid twenties to uh, their fifties, like uh, late forties, fifties. Um, 
you know, so the 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 age range the age range is is pretty big, uh, and we have people that have been instructors and course director for the better part of like fifteen years. Uh, to some of them are like uh, you know three four months uh, into their. Uh, IE internship and they finished their program and now they're doing their master scuba diver trainer and they're just assisting on class and getting the experience that is needed to uh, be able to go about getting a job after they move from Kotao or or even for staying on Kotao and, and diving here at different dive shops or or with us at Budaview. So the, the the range of expertise is is wide and open and the age range at the shop. I mean, we have people working here um, that are in their mid-50s. So it gives you an indication. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm sure Mac would love to to head over there too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he he's kind of slowed down in his old age. I think he's only diving three or four times a day. So, um, and then we, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like Jim and I. It's like uh, we always want to catch up to him, but you know, you can't when you're going 20 miles an hour. You can't catch up to somebody doing 60. It's not gonna happen. Uh, and then uh, Agpool, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, Ogtool is asking, uh, how's the photography there? Well, photography-wise, there's a lot of things to do here. Uh, Budaview's got its own uh, DVD production. Uh, it's called Triggerfish. And uh, they they basically like shoot uh, the, the course with open water. So it's a nice way to uh, do your dive three and four on your open water. You can have somebody follow you and uh, take some pictures and, and film and we do a DVD for the people. Uh, at the shop, we have a couple of cameras that uh, we rent. Um, and then, of course, there's always the uh, photography, enthusiastic, scuba diving uh, person that come with their own sets of gear and everything else uh, that we take out. So some of the uh, shallower site closer to here, like Red Rock, uh, Twins, or White Rock, are really great because you'll see a lot of uh, spotted stingrays. You'll see some... Uh, white eye eels, um, you'll see a lot of trigger fish. Um, at night, barracudas will be feasting on like the rabbit fish. Um, you have like, uh, you know, Nemo's floating around and, and all sorts of like aquatic life. And there's a wide range of corals, there's a wide range of uh, aquatic life here. So if, if photography is your thing, uh, I'd say the visibility, generally speaking, between January and March is really amazing. And because we're doing mostly dives that are between, you know, 10 to 20 meters on those sites, it gives you the ability to have a good amount of lights. And a lot of people just dive with strobes and, and whatever gear they have. So I'd say the diving for uh, photography is really great. Uh, of course, they are like whale sharks, uh, bull sharks, black tips, reef sharks here. So if, if shark photography is also your thing, um, you can end up being very lucky in uh, photography or, or, or film uh, dives with whale sharks and, and bull sharks and so forth. So yeah, I'd say it's a good spot to uh, do your learning. If you haven't learned photography and you're interested in doing it, a couple of the instructors here uh, do uh, photography specialties. So you can learn as well. Um, so I think, I think it's a good location for it. Great. That's uh, great information. I'd like to thank you, Robert, for coming on. And again, you're with uh, Buddha View Diving. Yeah, Buddha View Dive Resort. And uh, if you want, you can stay on after the show. We'll uh, we're going to do like a little question and answer session if we can get anybody on just about anything that they've got in diving, or uh, you can jump off if you got things that you have to do.
No, I'm easy going. I can give you guys like another like 20 minutes if you need it. Okay. Oh, Matt Max saying he's spoiled. You've spoiled him for river diving tomorrow. <laughs> we well, to... that's a different ball game altogether. You know, like uh, you know, I, I can't really compare the two. Like uh, a lot of people are asking me, like you know, how do you feel about diving in the tropics and how does it compare with Canada? Well, it's kind of like comparing apple and oranges. You know, like. I like them both, but some days it's really great to have a fresh orange, and some days it's really great to bite in a crispy apple. So it, there's something really uh, amazing about going in a in a river and, and and doing a drift dive, or there's something really amazing about going in a cold water dive and and having to gear up differently and wearing a, a dry suit or cracking the ice and and jumping and, and doing an ice dive. Here it's relatively easy diving, you know, like some people. Like I said, dive into three millimeters, and some people dive in a pair of shorts and, and rash guard shirt. So, completely different style of diving. Um, easy entrance, easy exit. Uh, you don't have to carry so much gear. Uh, you can dive relatively easy without having a torch with you. So, it, I, I can compare the two, you know, like as much as I love uh, Northern Hemisphere diving, uh, there's something about tropical diving circumstances that are somewhat magical and, and easy but you know it's you're going to see different different type of aquatic life and and i think for that reason i'm not sure that diving here would be preferred over diving let's say around vancouver in canada where you can dive with sea lions and and really great creatures you know i can understand that i uh, we're obsessed so we like to dive everything <laughs> yeah totally so uh, for those of you listening uh, and you missed it, you could have uh, gone in the chat room and listened tonight. Uh, the website, again, is www.scubaobsessed.com. You can click over to TalkShoe, and that will get you live in the chat room. We record 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And uh, so, Jim, you know what that means. I, I think we've hit that time of the show. You still there, Jim? Did we lose you? I was lost, but now I'm found. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Eating chips or uh, having a beer. It's that time. No, well, I, I won't uh, confess to either. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm here and I'm ready, and I'm afraid I know what time it is. It's that time for the bad scuba joke of the week. The time everybody's been waiting. Oh wait, the chat room's empty now. Oh well, we'll just we'll just they'll just have to pick it up in the recording. No, they're still there. Oh. I was just teasing them. They ran off. <laughs> so, so uh, here we go. One day, Josh went over to his to visit his uh, dive buddies, Ben's, to have a look at a small yacht he was selling. Ben had it on dry land because it had a small gash in its keel. But other than that, it was a fine yacht it was. A mahogany deck, the latest in navigation gear, including uh, the state-of-the-art fishing finder. Uh, ben, want, ben wanted just $5,000 for it and assured Josh he would even have the keel repaired himself. Well, Josh needed time to think it over, so he decided he was going to go out diving. He took his small aluminum boat out in the bay and had his dive. Uh, after he finished removing his dive gear, he noticed that he had an odd color crawfish that was caught in his BCD. As he looked at, the, at it closer, the crawfish began to speak. Please release me. Let me go. I'm the last of my species, and if you put me back in the water, I'll grant you a wish. Josh thought for a second and said, I wish this here small boat of mine was a small yacht just like Ben's. The following day, Josh, Josh was found clinging to a buoy after the small yacht he was in, or diving in sank from damage to its keel. Yeah, so I, that, that one qualified, Jim? Speechless. <laughs> yep. 
worked. That's bad. See? 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 It's been verified. Yep. So, uh, uh, until next week, uh, go out there and get wet. And above all else, dive safe. This could be really good or complete disaster. So let's go ahead and invite everybody. Is Rich still here? So what did you guys do with your recording? I have no idea. <laughs> I have everything before it. I have everything after it. I just don't have it. I think what I did is I renamed it, and it went into the uh, computer file structure from hell. Who knows where it went? Okay. So, okay, here we get Mac invited in. I tried... Oh, hey, Matt. Howdy, howdy. I tried. Oh, Matt. Rich is online. Mac, you, Mac, you still there? Yes, I am. I was just turning off the other. So, so how was your dive last week? We heard Jim's side of it. How, how was? How did you like it? Uh, it was good that we had shore support because we had his yeah. boy throw the jug of hot water. So I had a free flow first. I got down and burped my regulator, and it's like didn't want to stop, and then. Uh, I got near the shoreline. He tossed me the jug of hot water so I could pour it in my regulator. About that time, Jim had trouble with his, so he came over, got his squared away, and when we went back down, it was fine. Near the shoreline, he tossed me the jug of hot water. looking up and watching the ice flows go over the head. I decided to go find Jim, and I just piled up by him, got to the side, so his mucking didn't bother my mucking, and we stayed there in sight and had a lot of fun. Yeah, it ended up being a good dive. Yeah, yeah. It was smarter staying together like that, too. Yeah, yeah. When we've got the, the ice moving in, that's a good idea. I had 100-foot visibility. <laughs> Where were you, Rich? As a white star. Oh, hundred The pictures were amazing. So, really, you had 100-foot? Yeah, like that? Yes. Yeah, that's not even my best work. That was, that was, I... I did a. It was 39 degrees that I got on my thing, but I had done a repair patch on my gloves, and I didn't realize that the glue had no insulating factor at all. You didn't forget that for long, though, did you? No, I didn't feel my thumb when it was all done, and we're sitting in the water trying to stay warm. And Robert, you're probably sitting there going, "Yeah, I've done that before, but it was only because it was breezy." <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was it was in the it was in the um, double digits for uh, for the surface, and then the wind chill made it like three below. And we were all sitting there, we're up to our necks in water, just sitting there, kind of like taking our fins off and all that, thinking we're gonna go do another one. And then we popped out and said, uh, you know what? That's it. That's it. That's good. Right. Half the battle is going to call it. And Craig, I think you got a microphone finally. Looks like Craig's on. Yeah. Maybe. Hello. Hello. I think there's several of us on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't see Craig's icon turn green yet. Yeah. So Robert, you diving today? Uh, no. Uh, I got me a ear infection two days ago, so I'm on uh, antibiotics for three days, and uh, I missed one of the best dive in the last week this morning. Uh, the, the the bulk of the uh, master uh, the dive master in training were going to Sail Rock today which is uh, one of the most beautiful dive sites around here. It's uh, about an hour and 20-minute boat ride from here. And you go down, usually like we do two dives at that site. The first dive, we do it on night trucks. Go down to uh, about 30 meter and start circling up. It, it's a perfect uh, round uh, 
pinnacle in the middle of nowhere and at about 24 meter or 80 feet you have the entrance to a chimney that go all the way to the top so and there's an exit at about 12 meter that that goes So no diving for me. I have uh, four days outside of the water trying to uh, heal this little uh, left ear of mine. That just Been there, done that, never want to do it again. It's a bit of a pain. Yeah, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. What kind of eardrops do you guys use out there in the salt water like that? Say that again, Woody. What kind of eardrops to prevent infections do you guys use? Uh... Now that you're asking, let me just look here. Uh, we are using uh, nemocillin or uh, polymyxin. Polymyxin? Is that, is that the right pronunciation? Close enough. That's hard. Yeah. So stuff. that, and, and of course, like they, they give you a course of uh, amoxicillin, like antibiotics, you know? Mm -hmm. Trying to kick it out, sure. Yeah, and they can buy that over the counter there. Yeah, well... You know, that's one of the fun things about Thailand is that uh, you can walk into a pharmacy and if you're uh, if you got somebody that is close to you that is medically savvy, they just tell you like, oh, that's all you need. You just need to get a course of like a muxicillin and you'll be fine, you know. And so you can walk into a pharmacy and just uh, pretty much name drop whatever drug you need and uh, you can get it OTC. So it's very different than North America <laughs> where like a lot of people can't even get what they want or what they need. Right. Yeah, and the cost of medication. And all that. Yeah, you have to get a background check for cold medicine. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and the cost of medication here is really cheap. I mean, uh, antibiotics, eardrops, uh, and everything that I needed for uh, ten days was less than five dollars. You know. Wow. Yep. That's that's certainly not the direction we're going in. No. No. So there's always uh, there's always options, you know. I see I see a lot of guys that are uh, you know either American, British, or wherever nationality they're from, uh, and they do like the typical like uh, several months in in America, and they come here and spend several months here and and got some little business going, you know. Like uh, a couple of the expats that are living here are either engineers or you know they were like pirate wreck divers that that found some really good wrecks in like the early uh, 80s or early 90s and uh, kind of made their money from it so it, it depends it depend what you like and the sort of personality you are but uh, I think generally speaking the island is still early enough in its uh, teen years to, to still need a fair amount of services so if you have a good entrepreneurial side to your, to your life and, and a little bit more mature you've done your learning and all that stuff it's a good place to come and check out if there's the right foundations for you to uh, be able to establish something more like long term. And and I think starting a business here in Thailand is relatively easy. You know, if you're doing everything on the legal side, it's a good place to uh, to grow and generate the business if if you're willing to put the time and the effort into it. So, Craig, what kind of diving have you been able to get in? 
Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we can yeah, hear there you. There you are. Ah, cool. We're um, hearing from the future. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Same to you guys. Um, yeah, I've only done about 15 or 20 or so, but it's I still only got my open water, so got to try and get my advance sorted hopefully next year. Sure. Yeah, most of it's around the photography side of things, so I've got a couple of cameras, and that's kind of my main draw card, so... Yeah, it's good. Nice. You've been diving for 15 dives, and you got a couple cameras. Scott, you beat Darren. Oh, yeah. Well, except, <laughs> except Darren lost one. Exactly. He's still got cameras. <laughs> so I think the difference. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> right right for the knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Sounded like right for the throat. <laughs> well, that's coming up. I got a feeling. Where have you done most of your diving, Greg? Um, I've only done a couple. Um, I'm from Australia, so a couple in Sydney, a couple up on the Great Barrier Reef, but just did Tonga um, a couple of months ago and did some swims with the humpbacks and got in eight dives over there and two in Iceland last November. So hopefully getting back to Iceland again November next year too. That's awesome. Good, right? Quality dives. Yeah, more about doing fantastic dives than trying to just get lots of maybe not quite as meaty, uh, good ones in there. So. Now that hit the knees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd rather get, when I'm not diving, I think I'd rather get out there just more often. I keep opening the cupboard where the wetsuits are and a dry wetsuit is just a sad smell. I still yeah, think yeah. the dive gear needs to disintegrate after three months dry. I, I think I, I'm convinced mine will, so I'm not letting that happen. Well, I know it shrinks a lot if you don't dive it a lot. <laughs> As the years go by, it certainly shrinks. I know that. Yeah, I, I dive mine all the time, and it shrinks. So you're in Sydney, Craig? Uh, yeah, I am. And I'll tell you what, Sydney Harbor's on my my want-to-do list. I mean, the British there's, Navy had that forever. Yeah, there's yeah, got to be some cool good stuff. diving spots around here. It's pretty good. So. I want to see a Jack's... Jackson Harbor Shark, Jackson. Uh, Port Jackson. Yeah, Port Jackson's got a shark that's unique to it. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, it's not just in Port Jackson, but it's kind of just around that area, just in the Sydney Harbour and uh, local bits. And they're weird-looking sharks, and the shells are pretty amazing as well. Oh, and, and I want to do a river dive there. I want to underwater photography a uh, platypus, water mole, whatever you guys call yep. them. Yeah, the platypus. I don't know whether I've actually ever seen one in the wild. I think they're pretty um hard to kind of spot. But that would be cool. That and a big crocodile, but that can be far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put the zoom lens on. No, Jim, yeah. we'll, we'll take Rich with us. He can be bait. We'll just <laughs> right. push him out in front of us. Thanks. That's, <laughs> That's why right. I've got a big camera. I can eat the camera and I can run. <laughs> That's, they call it sacrificial <laughs> camera? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we shouldn't show the, uh, tie the sardines onto it then. No. No, we'll stick them in the in his pockets. <laughs> Could you imagine though the grubbing dive you can get on something that's three hundred years old rather than something that's two hundred oh. years old? Yeah. Right. I mean, they were throwing pottery overboard back then. Yeah, the that's... things that you would find that were discarded um, boggles the mind, really. Do you have any World War Two stuff by you, Robert? Uh. Not quite close to here, but there's a lot of people that do the live on board uh, 10-day trips that go between here, Malaysia, Indonesia. And then when you get down that way, there's a lot of wrecks that are uh, 
Well, first of all, you need permission from the DOD to like dive them. So, you know, a lot of them are uh, are available and somewhat shallow, but the bulk of them are relatively deep. So you get into the technical like trimix, uh, 65 meters. So that's what 103, almost 300 feet or so. And uh, you know, a, a lot of them you need to have permission from the Department of Home, uh, of Defense to be able to uh, go and dive them. So not near here. The one near here, I've all been uh, marked. Uh, the closest to here, I think, is about three-hour boat ride, and it's uh, one of the uh, submarine that got sunk in in, in World War Two. And uh, there's no penetration; it's completely sealed. Wow. Is it what what nationality is a sub? U.S. Wow. I think uh, about 10 years ago, no, more like 13 years ago, a, a group of people in Thailand were asking uh, permission to seal it. And uh, the uh, the family of uh, some of the fallen soldiers um, had made requests to the Department of Defense for uh, considering it a uh, national tombstone, like a monument for uh, military. And so they were not given permission to uh, penetrate direct. And so who knows if it has to do with, with the family or if it's national defense secrets or, or whatnots, but... There are a couple of like famous uh, regs that are around that people always talk about wanting to dive, but you know, like I said, they're they're getting into uh, the more uh, rigid current and more into technical diving, so it's not it's not approachable for for a recreational diver. Wow, I bet helium is hard to get out there too. Mm, no, there's good uh, there's good trimix mixer here uh, on the island. You can do your gas blender uh, course. Here, there's uh, one of the school that has all the gear, and uh, anybody that's doing the uh, trimix and gas blender uh, course can go there. Uh, the problem is that the gas get really expensive, you know. So, and you know, in order to qualify for your gas blending course, you have to spend a whole afternoon like uh, doing about 40 tanks as your final uh, kind of internship. And there's never, there's only like once a month where they're doing it, so. Usually the waiting list for it is is a couple of months ahead. Wow. Yeah, we we teach that here too. We're paying a dollar cubic foot for helium. What are you paying? Do you know? Mm, I think it's more or less about the same cost. What does that work out to be a fifty liter tank? Um, that's an eighty, isn't it? Fifty liters, <coughs> Mac. Lost me on that one. No, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's an eighty. So if you're doing like eighteen forty, it comes out to about a hundred dollars. Yeah, that would be about the same cost here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe a little bit less here. I think, generally speaking, I think generally speaking, gas is more or less the same price, it seems, around the world from what I'm, I'm seeing. Like, how much is a, ga- gas, a, a tank of nitrox? Ten bucks. In the U.S.? Yeah, ten to fifteen dollars. Yeah, so same, same. Yeah, same, same. I just think it's ironic that you can buy a, you can buy a day hotel for the same price you can buy a tank of nitrox. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Yeah, that's the. But then again, that's a commodity that commodity that's coming in from outside. So. Uh, yeah, but know. there's a big demand for it, right? Like uh, between, for the fact that there's close to 50, I think the the actual number is 54 shops on the island. So the 54 shops, as much as they're competing competing against each other, um, it, it does bring a purchase power that is like somewhat uh, noticeable, right? So it's easy to get 
access to the gear. We have an Aqualong and Scuba Pro distributor on the island, and we're getting the, the gear at a fraction of what you're paying in the U.S. You know, you can get an Aqualong QD uh, BCD here for the better part of like $450 U.S. Like the cheapest that I see it in the U.S. is about $650, you know? So that's that's two-thirds the price of what you'd pay in, in a shop in, in, in Seattle or, or in Vancouver. Some things are just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that over like the last like 15 years, a lot of the guys like saw saw demand for it and started establishing the right relationship with Aqualongs, with Scuba Pro, and and the right people, you know. And and if you try to bring gear from outside of Thailand and you're not a supplier or a distributor, you get charged almost 100% import tax. So. A lot of people just go through uh, the local dealers, and these guys have found ways to uh, be nice to the right people at the right location when things are coming in, right? So, so I, I think it's the same with the gas blending and and any type of gear. Like for example, like I mean, this is a really small island, but we have a place where you can get custom-made wetsuit. You know, you want a nine millimeter, you want a seven millimeter you want a two millimeter a three millimeter whatever you want there's dave dives then and you can go there and and get you know a, a wetsuit custom made for you to your size like within about three days wow wow <laughs> a nine millimeter that was, and, to, that was... and to give you an indication like uh to get a five millimeter custom made to you uh let's say superman color with the superman logo it would cost you about six thousand baht, which is roughly two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Mm. I think I could afford to live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, yeah, back. I think a lot of people can afford to live here. <laughs> I think my security might might be able to go for me there. I live in there. I think so. If I if I were you, Mac, and retired, I'd be there in a second. Well, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> you see, your wife likes it likes it warm, doesn't she? Absolutely, and my kids would like it. <laughs> I can see yeah. you're flying in from France just to visit me for a change. Yeah. Well, Christmas at Max, I'd be there. Right. See? That's right. <laughs> I, I, that, that needs to be a special show. We'll all visit <laughs> Mac in Thailand. New Year's in and Thailand. I think I think Matthew would find that there's a, a fair amount of uh, people here that are part of the retiree community, and uh, there's good things to do. Like, we have a, a mini golf, we have a, a bowling alley, we have petonk, you know. We have a lot of, like, land-based activities to do. And, and even if Koh Tao is not really your thing, uh, there's, there's several other communities in Thailand where um, people that decided that they wanted to retire outside of the uh, North America and and wanted to expat themselves into a cheaper location, I've set up uh, footing and business and, and all sorts of support. So as much as Kotao is great, I like the energy here because there's a lot of transient young people. But I also like, you know, over the last eight weeks as I've started to settle down into the island life, I, I managed to find, not to put you in that category, but the old timer, the guys that have been here and, and, and lived their life and travel and either decided to come here and settle down or set up business or shop here. And I find that very uh, almost enlightening, you know, to meet people that are, are more mature and have had like experience living here and, and are bringing a different type of lifestyle to, to Thailand. 
you know, it's really easy to fall in line with the backpackers and the cute-looking 25-year-old girls and boys. But at the end of the day, like, the people that most of the long-timer that are staying on the island fall friends with are, are you know, the people that are more mature, people that are establishing themselves and, and are actually living. Really. So it, it takes a little bit of the young and the older generations to come together to make the island life a little bit more of a uh, paradise island. Because at the end of the day, if it was just for the backpackers, this island would be basically a, a drinking zone in the nighttime and a scuba diving paradise in the daytime. But somehow it found its balance with people that established themselves here, uh, got married, have kids, or people that came here with their kids and so forth. So definitely a must-see on your list. Now, you mentioned they don't, they don't have an airport, but do they have a spot long enough to land a plane? All I got to do is put floaters <coughs> on Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm already figuring uh, out that. You can, you can uh, take the air. The closest international airport to us is in Koh Samui, which is roughly about an hour and a half by speedboat. And um, <clears throat> there they land like 747, 777, like, you know, it's an airport. Um, here we have basically a, a pad for helicopter in case of emergency and I, I would assume float planes. I've never seen float planes coming in. Uh, most of the people that come to the island come by the uh, daily ferries that are coming either from the mainland or from the other islands. And um, if there is an emergency, uh, we get the uh, Thai Coast Guard to uh, come and do a medical evacuation. Uh, and, and that can be done from like one of the locations here on, on the island that has been cleared for that purpose. Yeah, see, Mac, you could take your plane there. You could uh, do uh, teach some skydiving. Sounds like there's a possibility actually, for the young kids. Man, they'd be game for that. That would be one of the things that is missing on this island, actually. There's, um, there's a lot of uh, rock climbing and uh, parasailing and uh, kiteboarding and that sort of things uh, as extra activities to scuba diving. But I haven't seen anybody doing skydiving. And I remember when I lived on Utila in the mid-90s when I was doing my dive master training, uh, there was a small airport and there was a guy that was running a Cessna and uh, was doing like skydiving and you could basically go skydive. So I, I bet you like, uh, you know, it falls into the adrenaline junkie uh, community. And I bet you like it would be a, a good demand for it if somebody had a float plane uh, that met regulation and could like do float plane tours and skydiving, that would be a good business. I'm quite surprised that it actually hasn't happened yet. Probably because of the wave and the current, I would assume. What kind of fuel? What cost is the fuel there? Uh, a liter of 91% octane is uh, 41 baht, so that's a uh, $1.20. Uh, a liter of diesel fuel is 34 baht, so that's a dollar. Dollar five, a dollar ten cents. Three sixty-five right now here. Have any higher octane than ninety-one? But that's for a gallon. I'm talking liters. Oh, that's right. Any higher octane? Multiply <coughs> by four point four, I believe. Would you need a hundred, Mac? It would. Well, hundred would be preferred. I can run. I can run reduced because I got an STC on mine. But I'm just curious what higher octane would run. Yeah, the, the highest thing that I see on the island is 91. But that said, I mean, if you were working uh, in that purpose, you could probably set up partnership and have the right fuel um, 
ferried by boat here, or you could probably set up partnership with uh, the other like uh, resources that are available here. Um, I, I think whenever there's a demand for something, uh, usually it's a trailblazer that come and set it up and and start setting up the relationship. But from what I see on the island, there's enough people here with the willingness to help newcomers do uh, new ventures that you would be able to find the support and, and, and the requirement you need. And, um, you know, we have ferries outside of the monsoon season when it's raining really heavy and sometimes there's no boat coming to the island for like four or five days. Uh, so in the tourist season between January and May, I don't think that would be an issue. Like the weather is really calm and, and, and the sea are pretty good. So the supply ship come in on a daily basis. But it is an island. Everything that we get here is transported from the mainland or from Burma or from Indonesia or Malaysia. You guys get here with typhoons very frequently? <clears throat> um, I've been here for two months and I've been through two of them. So I, I think during the rainy season, which lasts from October to late November or October to early December, depending on the year, uh, they're, they're common. You'll see uh, a fair amount of rainfall. Um, you'll see floods. You'll see uh, typhoons. You'll see hurricanes and things like that. Um, but during the rest of the year, it's not bad at all. Sounds really interesting. It's good talking to all you guys tonight. I mean, God, we're pretty much minor you win out there. But, Jim, I got to yeah. split, but I'll be carrying. I'll be seeing you tomorrow then at uh, 9-ish. Nine-ish, we'll be there. Uh, I'll have a couple of uh, thermoses of coffee and uh, the shanty. Sounds like a plan. I'll catch you down there. All right. We'll hey, see you in the morning. Before you leave, Don, Yeah. it's only two and a half hours from Ann Arbor to you guys. So if we can guarantee a backpack like Saturday, Sunday for river diving or, or for even wreck diving sometime maybe this summer. Oh, yeah. I, I was in Ann Arbor uh, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I come by. Yeah, we'll if, I can, there if I can invite I'll... myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you we'll get you in and on some wrecks no problem yeah catch you guys later all right good night see merry you, christmas good night see ya now if he doesn't disconnect all of us we'll be good i sort of hate to do that to you no go ahead we'll call back no big deal all right well lots of luck guys all right, all right. cool it doesn't look like oh, you disconnected. we're still here sweet right. huh. they're finally getting the technology together yeah it's getting better it's given me a warning saying there's a problem with the call well, yeah, there is a problem. We can't hear Darren anymore. But he hung up. No, you can't hear me. No, I can. No, I'm sorry, not Darren. Mac. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm re because I, I Mac I was Mac. I don't know him as DW. Messing with your head there. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jim, can you hear Darren? I can't hear Darren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sad oh, part. That, that's how my week's been. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna get off too, guys. Will you? Uh, you guys all have a Merry Christmas. Craig, you're gonna have yours faster than us, and so are you, Robert. So Merry Christmas to you guys both, and enjoy your you. yeah, enjoy your your time. We'll we'll see you later. All right, guys. All right. Take all right. care. All right, guys. See ya. See yeah, you. Yeah, driving and great Christmas as well. All right. Jim, you still there? I'm here. I'm here for a couple of more minutes, and then I'm gonna have to. Okay, so what do you, uh, what do you want to do? You want to did you want to drive together? Yeah, you want me to swing by and pick you up? Yeah, that'd be great if you could. Yeah, I've got the shanty in the back of the truck, so I'll try and be at your house about. Uh, how about if we can make it at eight thirty? Eight thirty quarter to nine. Quarter, yeah, eight thirty quarter to nine. Be loaded up, ready to go, and uh, then we'll run down and set up the shanty and get it warming up. Ah, warm. Yeah. Yep. 
So how's that work for you? Sounds good. All right, you got all your uh, your gear ready. You got air. Well, I, I've got one tank full, and then I think I still got half the other one. So oh, I'll just have good. to go and see see how much. Because what we only did about thirty minutes that last dive. So yeah, and, and we were all of what about eight feet deep. I still yeah. got to pick up a battery for my dive computer. Right. Yeah, I didn't even use mine last week. So. <clears throat> well, your your dive computer. Yeah, I just. No, no, you're getting getting dangerous then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running on the ragged edge. I understand that. So. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll I'll talk to you in the morning. Okay. Uh, anybody else still on here? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. You I'm popping still here in right and now. in and out from uh, work, Craig? Yeah, I'm just fighting with a couple of servers at the moment, so I'm. Uh, so you're you're in the IT world too? I am. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, Have you guys had much response for the um, airfield location call-out that you put out on the show or not? Uh, we've had a few, I mean, uh, but not a lot. It's one of those things we'll just have to, to put it out there and uh, get it. You know, just, just a lot of times we just have to do it, and eventually it will take off or, or something. But uh, 